Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, dear listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Eval Edge, a podcast series by the European Evaluation Society. We focus on cutting-edge topics in evaluation. I'm Valentine Gandhi, your host. I'm joined by my co-host and colleague, Elena Lapo. Hello, everyone. Today, we are delighted to have with us in our virtual studio, Svetlana Negro-Usto-Eva, and she is the Evaluation Function Lead at the Independent Evaluation and Advisory Service, the IAES of the CGIAR. Svetlana has 20 plus years of experience in designing, conducting, managing evaluations, assessments, monitoring and research activities, quantitative and qualitative data collection and analysis. Prior to joining CGIAR in 2020, Svetlana served at the African Development Bank, the World Bank, the Global Environment Facility, as well as the Climate Investment Funds, as well as USAID-funded organizations in positions that are concerned with demand-driven and independent evaluation. Uh, for further information about Svetlana, please visit the bio in the link below. Nice to have you in the studio, Svetlana. Thank you, Valentine and Alona. Nice to meet you. Lovely. So let's start with a few words about the CGIR and uh, IAES in particular. Could you give us an introduction to that, please? Thank you. This is very important as a first question. Let me introduce CGIR which is a global research partnership for a food secure future dedicated to transforming food, land, and water systems in a climate crisis. CGIR delivers its work through the 12 research centers, largely in the global south. They, the centers contribute to research facilities. And you might have heard about World Vision Malaysia, International Potato Center in Peru, and so on and so forth. I work for the Independent Evaluation and Advisory Service, and I lead the implement, uh, evaluation function under that service. Independent Evaluation and Advisory Service, IAS, implements CGIR's multi-year independent evaluation plan, which is approved by the System Council, the body of funders of CGIR, and IAS hosts secretariats for the Standing Panel for Impact Assessments, SPIA, and the Independent Science for Development Council, ISDC. So in my function, the evaluation function, we facilitate and provide external, impartial, and expert advice related to strategy and positioning. The IS evaluation function delivers and supports process and performance evaluations, which provide accountability, support the decision-making, and lessons for improving quality and effectiveness of agricultural research for development outcomes. The aim of CGIR. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for that uh, detailed uh, explanation and introduction to CGIR as well as the IAES. One of the things that we discuss at the podcast is innovations within evaluation. And that's why we call Eval Edge because we discuss cutting edge uh, innovations within this space. So uh, off late, I attended a workshop on evaluation guidelines that were developed by the IAES. And that really was exciting to know more about. Could you tell us a little bit more on why they were developed within the CG system and how are they innovative in the field of evaluation? Thank you, Valentin. The CGIR's wide evaluation framework and policy guide evaluative uh, work, and they are operationalized through the evaluation guidelines on different topics. And for CGIR, the, those would be unique to research for development context. Science is critical to help meet the challenges of sustainable development as it lays the foundation for new approaches, technologies, and solutions to identify, clarify, and tackle current and future global challenges. 
While the importance of science and research behind innovation for the achievement of the SDGs is well recognized, evaluating quality of science and research and alignment with the SDGs is not as straightforward for those at the nexus of research for development, R4D. CGIR 2030 Research and Innovation Strategy, the 2030 strategy, prioritizes innovations and thus require innovative evaluation. The guidelines propose a structured and comprehensive approach to the evaluation of quality of science using mixed methods, both qualitative and quantitative, in four interlinked dimensions, research design, inputs, processes, and outputs. Thank you very much, Svetlana. I wonder um, how you actually apply uh, the guidelines in practice and um, how do you apply the dimensions of the guidelines to evaluation of uh, science, technology, and innovations? Can you tell us a little bit more about this? Thank you. Thank you, Aliona, for a great question. The four quality of science dimensions, design, input, process, and outputs, can be easily mapped to fit to the six of OECD DAC evaluation criteria, well familiar to our listeners. Or alternatively, they can be used in the designated quality of science evaluation criterion for more nuancing. And that can be more unique to research for development context. The guidelines focus on evaluating whether science is delivered in a credible and legitimate manner and meets the needs of communities. Credibility is critical element in the design and input dimensions, while legitimacy is especially important for processes and is critical for building strong, sustainable partnerships. Thank you so much, Svetlana. I think that's pretty interesting. And uh, but this seems a bit complex in terms of evaluation. Could you explain to us why is evaluation of quality of science complex as you just explained? Evaluating quality of science uh, is essential for intervention that produce, deliver science and related outputs as part of the research cycle, ready for scaling. Evaluation of quality of science in the research for development context is not straightforward, but is not complex. If done systematically, Quality of science evaluation criterion captures the key elements we discussed, credibility and legitimacy, and they are operationalized by relevant dimensions and clearly defined indicators. The guidance proposes how to manage and organize an evaluation with key stakeholders, what key questions to ask, and how to guide the selection of methods that would uh, ensure rigorous evaluation methodology. Thank you, that sounds very interesting, Svetlana. Um, after all this long work done, um, um, I wonder who else can use um, the guidelines beyond CGIR and how other partners can benefit uh, from these guidelines? The very thing that makes the guidelines useful for CGIR also makes it useful to other organizations. Organizations can adopt what is useful, which parts of it, then add and adapt whatever else meets their purposes and contexts. And we envision that other users in research for development context may find it useful, including national agricultural research organizations, ministers of agriculture, engaged with multilateral development assistance, UN agencies such as FAO and UNEP, and selected accredited entities to the Green Climate Fund and academia. Thank you. I hope that uh, the guidelines would find wider and wider use uh, because um, indeed the criteria described uh, should provide more rigor um, to the evaluation of science. 
And um, saying this, I also would like to know, um, in your perspective, what are the words of wisdom uh, that you can provide to um, our fellow uh, fellow evaluators and uh, like wider evaluation uh, stakeholders? This and any other evaluation guidelines should be considered a tool in evaluators' toolbox. They help frame and nuance evaluations of research for development interventions, even at selected dimensions. The guidelines were informed by the work of CGIR, which is tremendously varied across the, its portfolio, but also with portfolio of other colleagues and partners. A common evaluation design would not be appropriate for CGIR. Neither would it be appropriate for most like-minded organizations. Choice of quality of science evaluation criterion, though the four dimensions allowed consideration of a continuum from design to outputs of research years after the end of intervention is needed. Thank you so much. And uh, a very last question to conclude this exciting discussion is, how can fellow evaluators who are listening to this collaborate with the IAS or partner with the IAS? The guidelines in the current version are a better version at, and which we intend to use and use with our partners. We would like to hear from all of you who have used them, who opened them, who have questions, and we will be engaging with partners uh, throughout uh, towards the development of the final version of the document in the next couple of years. Thank you so much, Svetlana. There is a discussion going on in the Evolve Forward website on any of you who are interested in the use of these uh, quality of science guidelines. Uh, so please feel free to check the links at the bottom. Thank you so much, Svetlana, for this interview. And thanks to our listeners, as always, for tuning in. We hope you will join us again for our next episode. Goodbye. <laughs>